Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing again. Believe in a power greater than what you are going through when you don't know what to do. That's right. When you don't know what to do, just keep on breathing. From the City of Angels in Los Angeles, and typically from the Big Apple in New York City, welcome to all my guests out there in Radio Lane. I'm Dave, the Caregiver's Caregiver at caregiverdave.com. Usually along with my lovely co-host Adrian Gruberg at thecaregiverspace.org, but today she is busy, so it's just me, solo. And we're coming to you live and on demand 24-7 on numerous syndicated radio and podcast networks on 26 global, count them, audio and video platforms, including iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Vimeo, Stitcher, Blog Talk Radio, CastBox, oh, and a whole bunch more. In fact, we are proud to be voted number one numero uno caregiver podcast of the top 50 on Player FM and number two caregiver podcast on Feedspot out of the top 60 and number two, again, uh, caregiver podcast on Village CaringVillage.com. And we have an especially exciting show planned for you today. If you like music, you're going to love this show. As we kind of call it, music, it's magical powers. And it does have magical powers, man. You can put those headphones on, go back to the 70s when you were dating your girlfriend, and you are there, man. <laughs> Vincent and Joanne are on a mission to help more kids and adults reap the educational, therapeutic, and social benefits of playing music. And to help do that, they founded the national nonprofit Keep Music Alive and the two international music holidays, Teach Music Week in March and Kids Music Day in October. And they now partner with over 1,000 music schools and stores every year to offer free lessons to new students and to hold special events and benefit kids playing music. Wow. Over two dozen celebrities and music brands support Keep Music Alive, ranging from Casio to Remo to Blackjack to Julie Andrews. This musical couple are also authors of 88 Ways Music Can Change Your Life. It's a book, book series, <laughs> and it's featuring inspirational stories on how music impacted people's lives, sometimes dramatically. 88 More Ways Music Can Change Our Life was published in January 2021 and includes contributions uh, from a number of celebrities. 80% of all 88 Ways music uh, proceeds are donated to music education and service nonprofits. But before we get started, I want to thank, thank last week's guest, Dr. Randall Bell, Post Traumatic Thriving, The Art of Resilience. And just a reminder, you can hear that interview and all our interviews, including this one, on our membership website, caregiverdave.com, our free membership website or any of our other 26 global networks that I mentioned earlier. All right, enough of that. Vincent, and I don't think Joan's going to join us today. She had some issues with a tick, and she's yes. recovering. Yes, so yes. Welcome she's to a bit... the show, Vincent. Thank you so much, David. It's great to see you. And I think okay. all those networks you're broadcasting on, next I'm going to hear you talking about beaming it down from the space station. Yeah. Hey, thanks for that idea. <laughs> I'll you call got it. Elon Musk right now. Yes. Um, I just wanted to say that we like to ask as our first question, um, just who is Vincent, James, and Joanne Pierre Domenico, and why were they placed on this earth? Well, Dave, first of all, I want to congratulate you on the pronunciation of uh, Joanne's last name, Pierre Domenico. <laughs> I, I gifted her with that name when we got married. But I used my middle name, James, uh, for all music-related oh, things for the last 30 years. That's a smart move. It's just Peter Menico didn't work well on the marquee, you know, when I'm playing live. <laughs> so, so you give her are, the long name, huh? Yes. What's her middle name? She enjoys it. K. K. K-A-E? Like, like K-A-Y. 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 My, that's my wife's middle name. She spells it differently, though. Really? I think Mr. James and Joanne K sounds a lot better, don't you? Well, I'm going to bring that up with her and see if she likes that. <laughs> so oh, who we are, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm a lifetime musician. You know, it's been my part-time passion uh, 
ever since I got, I was a teenager, uh, playing songs, writing songs. I've, you know, been a songwriter. I've been a band manager. I've been a studio, recording studio owner. I've booked shows. I've written custom love songs for couples all over the world through my other website, lovesongs.com, which is kind of like on sabbatical now because there's just only so many hours in a day, Dave. Uh, but I just always knew that there was something more that I was meant to do, maybe something a little more valuable to the greater community. And uh, I just was listening to a podcast. No, I'm sorry, it wasn't a podcast. It was a teleseminar. Remember those, Dave? Teleseminar about how everybody has a book inside them they need to write. And I was drawn to that. You know how sometimes you're drawn to something, you don't know why, but you're like, I never thought I would write a book. I mean, I don't consider myself an expert on anything, really. I'm good at music and I'm good at engineering, but I'm not an expert at either one of those. Certainly not back then. This is about seven years ago. So I'm listening to the podcast and it just hit me like a bolt of lightning. Well, what about a book of inspirational stories of how music impacted people's lives? I wouldn't have to write anything. I would just gather the stories, edit them and publish it. And that's kind of how we got going on our mission. Uh, that ultimately became Keep Music Alive and then the two music holidays you described. Uh, and we've been just kind of tunnel vision going forward with that for the last seven years and just learning. You know, we're, we're not doing research ourselves, but we're researching the research of all the different benefits of music and just peeling back the layers of the onion and just getting so amazed of what we're discovering. And then through the stories that come into the book series and then experiences with the music holidays, uh, it's just really amazing so when you ask who we are i'm a music nut and joanne has you know gracefully gratefully agreed to join me on my quest <laughs> and without her really none of this would have happened to the level that it did wow that's a great answer so let's start with the basics what does music do to our brains if we could only figure that out maybe you've already figured it out music actually is it's a drug right it's a drug that you don't take wow. through your mouth you know you don't inject it uh but you listen to it heard. with our ears and never when you pull it that. in you know it's creating you know different chemical reactions you know dopamine and other chemicals that are going on in our brain that is increasing them it can actually give you a runner's high you know the dopamine feeling uh you know when you're listening to music that really excites you uh, for kids you know they've done research where uh, we have this thing between our left logical side and the right creative side of our brains uh, called the corpus callosum. Callosum, yeah, that's it. It's like a tunnel, you know, with the neurons file back and, you know, go back and forth. And the kids who have music education through their developmental years, guess what? That tunnel gets bigger, meaning they're getting more interaction between the left logical and the right creative side. And this is how we get, you know, more scientists, doctors, engineers, entrepreneurs that are able to think outside the box and solve problems in ways that otherwise they might not have been able to. So that's, you know, the educational value. I says, I think music should be a mandatory subject in school if that's what's happening to kids by doing that. Wow. Yeah, there's a huge push. You know, there was this thing called STEM which is still around, you know, science, technology, engineering, math, that's, you know, focusing on these core subjects for kids in schools. And we've been able to insert an A in the middle, changing STEM to STEAM, and the A is for the arts. Uh, and there is, you know, many organizations around the country and around the world that are rallying together over the last several years and, you know, working with governments and school districts and trying to get, you know, funding restored and added to have more music and arts education because the kids that have that, they do better. The other research shows they do better on their science, they do better on their math scores, better reading comprehension. Kids who have music and arts class stay in school longer. The graduation rates are higher for, for schools <laughs> that have that. So it's like it's a win, 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 win. So find a way to make it happen because the world's going to be better if we do that. You know, um, Vincent, you need to be speaking in Congress and to the White House. You. <laughs> You know, you, all this stuff that they're trying to pass, you know, no child left behind and this and that and this new math and, and, you know, some of this just doesn't make sense to me. But, my gosh, if you could just add music to the curriculum, so simple, and apparently it 
gives more benefits than all the stuff they're trying to do. That you, uh, anyone I meet who is at the White House, I'm going to say, get Vincent in there and talk about music. Have you had opportunities like that? I have not, but uh, there is an opportunity. Um, we're, we're members of NAM, which is the National Association for Music Merchants, and every year they do what they call a fly-in to Washington, D.C., where members of NAM come in and they meet with different members of Congress and the Senate uh, oh. that are from their particular districts, and they talk about just that. And so they've been doing, they've been doing this for a number of years, which is really why they've been able to get more arts funding over the last several years restored. Yeah. So yeah, that's definitely going on in a big way, and you know we're so grateful to you know have a small part of it through the advocacy efforts that we do. Yeah, and I've never heard anyone call music a drug, but I think you're right. And if we can just figure out how to get drug addicts to substitute one drug for the other, <clears throat> we can have a safe drug, music. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You just turn it on, and there it is. It's true. You know, I can hear this song and, and all of a sudden my heart will ache because it'll remember when this girl dumped me. And, <laughs> oh, Dave. <laughs> it happens to all then, of us. And then also you a song will come on the radio and that was my first kiss and, and I'll be elated and jubilant. So it is like a drug. So I, it's, And it's I a magical time machine. That's, <laughs> that's, it's, you know, it brings us back to that very moment. You're incredible. So how can music, since my audience are caregivers, burned out caregivers, by the way, how can music yes. connect you and your caregiving patients to your past? Music, the magical time machine, as you called it. We often recommend, you know, music in, in many ways. I mean, we're advocating, our mission is about playing music. Uh, but, you know, when we go out and we speak and we advocate, we also talk up to people about listening to music intentionally. And we don't just turn on the radio and just listen to whatever's playing. You know, we all have music that calms us, you know, certain songs, certain artists that calm us. We all have music that's upbeat, that, that, that brings us up, gives, gives us more energy, gives us that feeling like Rocky running up the steps of the art museum. Yeah, let's so, go dance. Exactly, yes. So let's, you know, create playlists that are catered, customized to, you know, what calms you, what relaxes you, what excites you and gets your energy going and then use those playlists intentionally at different points of your day when you realize that you need it you know if you're getting you know if you just had a stressful time with your caregiving patient you're going to get a little break well don't just put on you know the soaps or watch your favorite netflix thing you know for 20 minutes 30 minutes you know put on your playlist of the music that drug that's going to come into your body to your brain yeah. that you know is going to help to relax you and calm you so listening and to music intentionally I, we think is very critical, and you and can do this also. Sit in your backyard or amongst nature. Yes, yeah. Listening to you know, listening to the birds with the music. Uh, I love the birds in the morning, except when it's four a.m. <laughs> and I'm not quite ready to wake up yet. Uh, but listening to music with your caregiving patient, also, you know, talk about you know, obviously, if you were married or you were close together, you kind of already know what their favorite music is. But maybe you're right. caring for someone you don't know as well. You know, have conversations about what were some of the favorite music that they grew up with and, and share with them some of your favorite artists and songs and listen, you know, have like little listening yeah. parties where you experience yeah. each other's styles of music. And if you're able to, you know, if the patient is mobile, you know, try to go out to events where live music is playing. In particular, you know, they're going to be performing the type of music that your patient really is drawn to because they're just you're going to see them light up. You're going to see, you know, see oh, them yeah. sing along, often <clears throat> moving their feet, whatever they're able to do physically and mentally, they're going to engage. Uh, we have, you know, so many stories in the book series, but, you know, just one real quick, uh, the short part of it is, you know, we've had someone who would come into a home, you know, it's like a nursing home, a care home, and there's people, you know, that are sitting there, and many of them are have, have dementia and Alzheimer's, some of them are literally catatonic. And the guy would start playing Broadway songs and singing. And then all of a sudden from the back of the room comes this beautiful voice of this woman singing along with him every song. And he finishes the one song. And then the aides rush up to him, don't stop, don't stop. <laughs> this woman who's been singing back from the back of the room is one of those late dementia, Alzheimer's patients. Her head's been down, catatonic. She, wow. doesn't, react, she doesn't interact at all with anybody about anything. And now she's singing these songs 
you know, word for word, melody, perfect <clears throat> with the performer who's come to perform. So, you know, everybody, you know, that's your care, caregiving patients come, as, as you know, in all different stages and levels and, and needs. Uh, but use music in a way, you know, just listening to music as a start, as a way to connect better with the patient. Yeah. And, and to try to use it intentionally to listen to music that they like, you know, and again, on your own, when you get your 20, 30 minute break or whatever you're able to get at the end of the day, you know, use music intentionally to calm yourself, relax, yeah. and just take it in. Yeah, we're so used to all this stimulus, you know, watching TV and uh, binging on Netflix and all that stuff. But, you know, when I was younger, I used to have a, a playlist of all my favorite music and just go in my room and... And, you know, just lay down and just listen to it and think. And I don't know, maybe there were some illicit drugs uh, back in the 70s, too. I can't remember. But uh, I just remember doing that. And, and you know, why don't I do that anymore? And also, um, you know, to what you said about uh, the patient uh, figuring out what age they are, how, what's their favorite music, not too hard to figure it out. Just figure out how old they were in high school and what the music was, you know, typically uh, for older patients right now, it's it's the 40s, it's swing, it's uh, big bands, it's the standards. Yeah. And it's true, I've, I've um, sang in nursing homes too, and uh, oh, really? you'd be surprised how uh, people will just light up when you hit the music of their era. Yeah, I used to, um, uh, I took my mother to the senior center, our local senior center, because it was free lunch, you know. And activities, and, yeah. Yeah, and so there was this old guy from Brooklyn, you know, entertaining them. He had a piano player, and he was singing, and, and uh, he was asking for requests. So I raised my hand. I said, yeah, do you know uh, Paper Doll by the, uh, what group was it? Uh, whatever group it was. And he says, yeah, yeah, I know that. And he, he comes down, he shoves the microphone in my face. He says, sing it. And so I started singing <laughs> All right. And every, I got a standing ovation afterwards. And then... After that, he used to bring me up periodically to do solos. And then oh. he kind of disappeared, retired, and then I was the old guy up there singing. <laughs> and um, I love that. You know, I joke around and saying, well, uh, you must be a good singer. I says, well, no, they're all deaf. They can't hear me, you know, so, so they don't know if I'm good. <laughs> you got but the I, melody across, and they, and they, <laughs> they recognize yeah. the song, and you reach them. It's and now funny, I have a whole repertoire of... 40s standards, Frank Sinatra, Bing Crosby, you know, Tony Bennett, and uh, I, I really enjoy it. And now I do karaoke, and I love karaoke. I mean, you know, I'm a karaoke nut, but unfortunately, all the last year, uh, you know, they shut down all karaoke, so I, I just got to do it in the shower. <laughs> it's coming back, Dave. It's coming back, Dave. And it's interesting, you know, my wife, uh, Joanne, who was going to relay a story of hers with her mother, uh, now her mother had a stroke at one point and she was in the hospital for a while and Joanne would bring music and her with her to play and you know both you know old songs and newer songs and just you know trying to help with her recovery and you know the nurses and everyone were just really excited that she was doing that for her now her mother was never really to our knowledge really that much into music uh -huh. but the special thing that happened is when the she eventually moved to a care home and my wife's uh, mother's brother from Japan, where her mother had grown up in Okinawa, sent a CD of music from her, her youth, oh. uh, music that she had listened to and enjoyed back when she grew up in the, in the, yes, in the, in the uh, 30s and early 40s. And when my wife played that for her, you know, the tears came down, you know, my mother-in-law's face. And, and my wife was like, oh, what's the matter? What's the matter? What's the matter? Do you want me to stop? Stop. Yeah. And she's like, no, 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 no. I mean, she could barely speak. The stroke, she had trouble speaking. But she just, she just hit her so, I'm going to cry now. It just hit her so powerfully. Uh, like you said, the music from our youth, is, it's, it's documented. That's the music that we hold on to. You know, the music or you know, middle school, high school age. Yeah. What was popular at that time is what... I can't remember what I had for breakfast, but I can remember the song. <laughs> Every single word of it, the bye-bye Miss American Pie, and there's a lot of words in that song. Yes, it is. <laughs> Every verse. Because uh, <laughs> that's all we did, you know? We're driving in our car, we just, we're listen, constantly listening to music over and over and over and over. You know, the, the grooves in our brain are etched deep with that stuff. 
And, you know, my mother had dementia, and I was looking for ways to, you know, entertain her and stuff. So I would bring pictures over, uh, put them on the wall of the family. And But what I really discovered is putting headphones on her with these uh, standards that she grew up with. And since I was singing them already, we were singing together. And here my mother and I, who, you know, I was having trouble finding things we can do together so that I'm not bored and she's not bored. And we were just singing all these songs one after the other. And, you know, she didn't want to stop. I said, okay, we'll just keep going. And what you find during those times is you will often have lucid moments with your relative or your care yeah, person. It, it lets other things go too, yes. Yeah, that, that weren't normally happening on a regular basis. All of a sudden, they're back to normal. Not, you know, they seemingly back to normal for a small period right, of time, right. and you're able to connect to them on a level, you know, that you were a able moment. to before. Yes. It's a moment, and then, then that moment's gone. But, you know, it was a moment. And then they'll feel good all day long, and they don't know why they feel good. It's <laughs> that moment. So yes. cherish those moments. Caregivers, I hope you're listening to this. You know, uh, dementia caregivers, stroke caregivers, just it works with anything. So we're going to take a quick break, so we will be right back. Don't go away. Our featured speaker is a best-selling author who has written numerous books and articles. He's a speaker, life coach, and host of Dave, the Caregiver's Caregiver radio program. He frequently appears on television and radio shows all across the country and has even shared the stage with Suzanne Summers at Harvard. But his most important role is caregiver to his beautiful wife, Charlene, for over 22 years. Please welcome Mr. Dave Nassani! I want to share with you a love story. In a couple of weeks, my wife and I will be celebrating 44 years of being together. My wife, Charlene, and I had a fairy tale storybook romance, courtship, and marriage for the first 21 years of our lives together. One day out of nowhere, my wife has a headache, the headache of her life. She suffered a massive stroke and it left her severely speech impaired and paralyzed on the right side. And in that moment, our world turned upside down. I gotta tell you, the next two years was like a living hell. I just didn't know what to do. I felt guilty most of the time. I became a caregiver. I didn't even know what a caregiver was. I was experiencing the same problems that other caregivers experience. If you don't take care of you, I can't take care of her. Well, that's why I wrote the book. Now I can teach other caregivers. I'm living proof that you can thrive as a caregiver. My wife and I travel now all over the world sharing our story. One day, life is gonna call upon you to be the captain of your boat. Heck, you might be saving your own life. Thank you. Yeah. And we're back with Vincent. I Oh. I can't even begin to tell you again, Dave, how inspiring your story is, you know, you and Charlene. You know, we met you oh, first in New York at, a, at an event. You know, we met you both and we were inspired then. And then seeing the highlights, you know, some of the, this, this talk, you know, the speaking that you've done, you know, about your experience, it's just, it's just touching. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, it's, it's nice to be past it all and be able to look uh, added with fond memories, you know, and of course we forget the nightmare that it was and, and the grief, the two, two and a half years of grief and, and you yes. know, almost wanting to give up, almost wanting to leave my wife because, you know, all she would do is complain and be angry and, uh, you know, I felt no appreciation, no, no love or anything like that. But, you know, I hung in there because I took my vows seriously and pretty soon, you know, after visiting at a, a, uh, a support group and they told me you know you got to put your oxygen mask on first and and so I did I just started taking care of me being selfish so I could take care of her and slowly but surely she started coming around acting like her old self again and our love was rekindled and 47 years later here we are and I'm helping other caregivers uh, not make the same mistakes I did and she's uh, come to new heights she still can't talk but she can communicate non-verbally through Pictionary charades still can't walk, but we have a power chair. We travel all over the world. We're going to London this uh, September. I'm going to be speaking at the Royal Society of uh, Medicine and, uh, and the, new, uh, the London Stock Exchange. And so uh, she'll be there, right there by my side. And I'm just so excited that, um, you know, I wouldn't want to repeat everything we've been through for a million dollars, but, but I, wouldn't sure. want, uh, I wouldn't want to ignore it all. You know, I'm glad it happened, and I wouldn't trade the experience for a billion dollars. 
because we're we're totally different people. And uh, music uh, played a big part of it because uh, many times when you know we were frustrated, I, I would turn on some music that we were dating with. Uh, when she couldn't talk, when I couldn't talk, when all we could do is cry ourselves asleep, and we just lay there and listen to the music and and remember how it was. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's beautiful, David. God, <laughs> God bless you. <laughs> you make me cry. As you can tell, I have a I have a very soft heart. You know, it's like when we got into some of the stories for the book series. You know, we would read the story, and even today, when I retell some of the stories, you know, you, you feel the tears starting to come on. It's just because. You know, the emotions are just so powerful. So it's what makes <laughs> yeah. us human, Dave. I guess that's what makes us human. <laughs> so let me uh, ask you um, how learning about and listening to the music from our caregiving uh, loved ones, uh, youth, uh, can help bring us closer together, which I just explained, and I think you touched on that. And then stories of how music has brought dementia patients out of a catatonic state fully into the present talking and singing as if everything was completely back to normal. We spoke about that. And I, I again, I just want to uh, remind all you caregivers out there, you know, whatever your loved one is suffering from, music can help, right? I, I can't think of one situation where music won't help uh, in some a, way a loved one get better or cope or a, a caregiver get uh, feel better. Uh, can you? <laughs> Absolutely not. And, and you know, depending on your caregiver patient's situation, you might even be able to introduce them to playing a particular musical instrument. You know, it just depends oh, on their situation. Yeah. You know, I mean, musical instruments sometimes as simple as a ukulele or a small keyboard or a mm. recorder or a harmonica can be something, you know, depending yeah. on their abilities, you know, what they're Everybody able to do. Everybody knows how to play chopsticks, it seems like, or, or heart and <laughs> this soul, is, right? This is how we all start, Dave. We start on the chopsticks, and the music teacher's looking at everything, what are you doing? <laughs> but, you know, it might be something that you could experience together with your patient, where maybe you and your patient can start learning an instrument together, you know, slowly. And, you know, it doesn't really matter what level you ever get to. But if they're able to experience even just a little bit of joy of learning to play a little bit on an instrument, that would be so worth it. You know, the joy that they would get from knowing that, you know, if they're able to hear, to hear what they're able to do, to hear when they strum the string. You know, ukulele is just four string, yeah. and you can play a chord with literally one finger on the left side. Yeah. Uh, In a way, it's like, it's like uh, a one-year-old learning and seeing for the first time. Remember when you're... When your baby first, uh, you know, went to the piano and hit that button and, oh, what was that? Or the guitar strings, you know, many times with dementia patients, uh, they're going backwards and, and they're they're yes. like a one or two-year-old. Yes, and, and there have been stroke patients. We actually have a story from a stroke patient who played classical piano. And, you know, after the stroke, she wasn't able to move her right arm at all. And she was dragging her left arm, her left leg, her right leg. Uh, mm -hmm. But she was like, music was so important to her that she forced herself to sit on the, you know, drag herself to the piano bench wow. and start to relearn. You know, you know, sometimes stroke patients have to relearn how to walk and do different functions, how to eat. Well, she started reteaching herself how to play the piano because it was that important to her. And she believes, and there are others that believe that that helped speed up some of her recovery and to make it, you know, her improve better than she would have otherwise. You actually met my wife, didn't you? Yes, yes. We were in New York together <clears throat> at an event, yeah. and uh, we had lunch together uh, across the street from the hotel. And, uh, yeah. you know, love meeting Charlene and, and speaking with you guys. And just, you know, as I said earlier, we were inspired then, and I'm even more yeah. so inspired. You and I both were, were pitching producers, and I remember we just went in there with the hope of, uh, you know, in advance, we said, okay, with these 40 or so, and maybe we'll get half or so. And right. uh, it was off and on whether Charlene was going to come with me or not, but she later decided to come, which was great. Uh, it, it just felt like she was there contributing and supporting me, but she did so in ways that I never would have imagined because she was the hit of the party. Producers would see her coming in, you know, in her wheelchair, and she was dressed like the Queen of England, and she was like radiating. They would walk all yes. the way across that room, and it was a big room. Just yes. to talk to her, she goes, oh, my God, I saw you, and I, I just had to meet you, and they're holding her hands, and they're having 
you know, this conversation and, and my wife's going, mm, yes, yes, yes. And, and then she'll come to me and say, well, so what's going on here? And I said, well, she had a stroke. She can't speak. She says, what do you mean? We were speaking for like five minutes. He says, no, you were speaking. She was communicating. <laughs> so she yeah, was responsible, I think, for, for doubling the number. Uh, inst we, instead of speaking with 45, we spoke with 88 uh, producers. And instead of you know expecting to get 20 or so, we, we actually booked uh, over 40. And yes. mostly because of my wife, who can't. You said, you said the active word, there, <clears throat> David, when you said radiating. I couldn't think of a better way to describe meeting your wife, Charlene. She literally radiated from her position in the chair. You know, just <laughs> yeah, how does she do like, that? I, I don't know. If we, <laughs> we could if we could model that. We'd make a hit. <laughs> it's just so so beautiful. Well, thank you for all those kind words. I'll make sure she hears this show. <laughs> so let's talk about music and pain. Can music? Is it is it scientifically proven that music can take pain away? Actually, it is. I mean, there. Yeah, I know, right? They have done studies. You know, there have been, you know, uh, post-op rooms that have uh -huh. introduced music for certain patients and lessened the dependence on the pain meds because they've wow. they've discovered because it's a drug, the patients, right? <laughs> it's, the patients that have the music coming into them during post-op, they are uh, depending less. You know, they're they're requesting the pain meds less. And that's you know been proven. There have been uh, interesting. This isn't for pain, but there are surgeons that actually operate with music playing uh, because they found that it just can you know for whatever it is with their brain, it just connects them better and they perform better on the operating it table. It makes which the is, doctor perform better too. <laughs> yes, I mean you know Einstein used to sit with the piano and a pad of paper on the bench, and he would sit there and let his hands just wander. And then he would get an idea for a discovery. He'd pick up the pad of paper, he'd write a little bit, hmm. he'd put it down, he'd play some more. He'd get the next connection to the idea, he'd pick up the pad of paper. And many of his discoveries were because he was playing either the violin or the uh, piano. But it's just for pain, you know, they've just discovered it for people that have chronic pain. I mean, many of your caregiver patients are likely in some sort of chronic pain from different conditions. And by listening to music that they really enjoy, they'll find that they will need to depend less on the medications, which is something, you know, we all want to try to reduce the number of medications we're on. Sure. I mean, it seems unavoidable as we get older, but <laughs> but anything we can do to reduce them is, is a good thing. So um, when you talk about listening to music intentionally with carefully selected playlists to help reduce stress, um, as opposed to just turning on the radio and whatever happens to come on, come on. Uh, what's the benefits of that, and how should we choose the songs? I know you touched on it before, but let's say somebody wants to come up with a playlist. Should they put all of the uh, you know exciting songs in one playlist and all the relaxing songs in another, or should they just mix them up? I mean, what what do you recommend? <clears throat> uh, I recommend separate play playlists. You know, one is called I call it you know chill out playlist yeah. where it can be you know uh and this is you know it's not one size fits all some people gravitate more towards new age style music some people gravitate more towards jazz other towards yeah. classical some it's just like easy listening you know for them their relaxing music is you know uh you know there's still vocals vocals in it but it kind of just sets them in that mode and whatever they <clears> find they're drawn to and if you're not sure if they're if they're listening they're saying you know what i don't really know what relaxes me well, go out to Spotify or YouTube and experiment and uh, click on, you know, type in, you know, relaxing playlists and choose a couple and see what you're drawn to and then start to build your own playlist from those examples. And then conversely, if you want something, a playlist that's going to get you motivated, which I often do before an interview or an important meeting or if I really want to get up, you know, just create, you know, your own, you know, excitement, your own get up and dance playlist that gets you going and you know those songs i think we tend to remember a little bit more uh off the top of our head whether it's you know the the journey songs you know the rocky theme or whatever it is we kind of have them closer oldies but goodies oldies but goodies right and you know for younger people they have their songs now you know that you and i may not like who is that but you know hip-hop hip you know absolutely 
whatever gets you going. It's hard for me to listen to. <laughs> yes, you know, I'm not a fan of all musical you know styles. What? My parents but... didn't want to listen to what I was listening to when I was uh, a <laughs> Isn't that funny how that is, right? You know, the generations, you know, change. Uh, my wife was that... older than me. She was listening to Elvis, and boy, you know, he was the devil. <laughs> it was the hips. <laughs> uh, let's talk about how listening uh, to play an instrument, how learning, let's talk about how learning to play an instrument, uh, even as a beginner, can be a very grounding experience and help reduce stress. Uh, caregivers may currently read or watch TV during the little downtime that they have. Adding a creative activity like playing an instrument may serve to brighten their daily day and open up new avenues of their human experience. Now, my very first, I, I took piano lessons when I was younger, and of course, I was in, in, interested in playing. They forced me to do it, and oh. and uh, you know, I don't have much to show for it. But when my daughter was my age at that time. Uh, we gave her piano lessons, and she kind of had the same attitude that I did. <laughs> so I tried to encourage her by sitting beside her and say, oh, what song are they teaching you? It was Malaganya. So I made it a goal to learn Malaganya, the song that they was trying to teach her. And I upset her because I was I was doing better than she was. And, and I was so encouraged at how I was doing it after she had quit the piano, which it wasn't my fault, by the way. Um, I says, you know what? I'm halfway through Malaganya. I am learning this sucker no matter what. And it took me an entire year because it's not easy for me to learn songs because I'm not very, you know, musical. I can I can look at music. I, I know what the notes are, but I can't just read it, you know, like Mozart can. Well, these were songs you learned many years ago. I had the same experience, Dave. <clears throat> Malaguena was one of the songs that I played classical yeah. pieces, you know, back then. And I more recently in my 50s tried to relearn a piece from back then and realize how you know while i can see it yeah. you know it's retraining the fingers to go through those fast moments you know you find out you need to spend a lot more time on it yeah. than we so did five years ago i attempted to pull it out and see if i uh, you know and it was i was i had forgotten it but i pulled the music out and it took me about a month to learn it again better than a year and now i proudly yes. play it as often as i can because my gosh, I know a song. So then I got so bold that I'm going to teach myself another song. So I, I taught myself the song on Chicago, you know, um, that song with the slow piano that's uh, Color My World. Color My World. I play that one, yes. So because uh, it sounded very easy to learn. And, and, and it's uh, relaxing. It wasn't that easy, but I, I, I know that one now. Then I decided I'm going to learn a third song. And so I learned uh, Carol King's uh, You Got a Friend. Oh, so man. I know my three favorites. songs. And my goal was to keep learning a song, but, you know, I, I give it up. But I, I keep playing those because I don't want to lose them because I have so much invested in them. And, you know, I'm worried about dementia, Alzheimer's, like everybody is, because my mother had it. And uh, that will be a test for me. You know, when I can't play that song, I know I got a problem. Right, right. And, you know, I don't know that there's hard research on it, but there is anecdotal research that by playing a musical instrument, you can potentially stave off yeah. the symptoms of, of dementia and Alzheimer's. Puzzles. Of, you know, and puzzles and things like that, because you're you're firing neurons back and forth yeah. between both sides of the brain and you're making the brain activity, uh, you know, be up there. And as far as relaxing and learning to play an instrument, well, first of all, it doesn't matter what age you are to play an instrument. My one guitar student didn't start learning to play any instrument until he was 80 years young. Wow. And what's difficult for him to start then? Sure. But he got over the humps. He built up the calluses on his fingers, and he really wanted to learn. And so we play together songs that he remembers from, you know, he's actually into the 50s and 60s songs and some of the 70s songs. Uh, we play and we sing along. And for him, it's very yeah. therapeutic. And his wife really strongly believes that it's helping to keep his brain, you know, more active than it would be otherwise. So any age is fine. And then Dave, when you're playing music, you probably experience this, you're living in the moment when you're yeah. doing it. You're not thinking about the difficult time you had with you know, your patient potentially uh, earlier in the day. You're not worried about what's gonna happen tomorrow. You're focused, you have to be focused on the here and now because you're, right. you know, where are my fingers going? And maybe you're reading music, maybe you're singing along to like a popular song and your brain is forced to just focus on that here and now. And when we focus on the here and now, 
that's what helps to bring us peace. Yeah. It helps to ground us. Yeah, you know, I'm passionate about many things, but right up there is my passion for singing. I love to sing, and the more I sing, the better I get. And um, yeah. my dream is to, uh, when I was when I was uh, at the senior center doing the singing, there was also on another night um, a big band that they would have. These old guys, you know, with their uh -huh. they were pretty good. And they had a, a soloist, you know, who was usually a trumpet player too. And he would sing the songs, you know, the way the big bands used to. And I kept saying to myself, I could do a little better than him. And I, I, I threw a few hints out, you know, because that would be my dream to, to sing in a big band, you know, for the rest of my life as an old guy. And they just didn't <laughs> take the hints. Or maybe they, there was just too much ego. And they says, you know, who's this new guy? You know, you haven't paid your dues. Uh, no, we're doing pretty good without you. But hopefully one day... You know, as I get older and as uh, maybe the the singer dies off or something, they may need to <laughs> blood. So tell him, just send him a telegram, tell him he's needed, you know, on the other coast for a while. <laughs> and they're going to have an opening. I would say just keep putting yourself out there, you know, with a karaoke, you know, singing your favorite songs, you know, seeking out other big bands that are playing and introducing yourself. Hey, do you mind if I come up and sing a song with you guys? Eventually, yeah. you're going to get some takers and you're going to get up there. And you then know, they're never going to stop. I said that, you. and no one has ever turned me down. And um, and then you know, usually when I'll sing the song, they say, "Wow, you're really good," you know. And I, I always wonder, are they just being kind, or are they, you know? <laughs> but uh, I'm 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 not great, but I'm above average. Let's just put it like that. Anyway, enough about me. <laughs> um, what do you recommend for caregivers who are totally inept of music? They can't even play chopsticks on a piano their idea of a song is bang 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 you know uh is there any hope for them and they Absolutely. and they can't sing they said they you know they're like uh that movie uh my best friend's uh wedding where the girl was at karaoke and she was just awful and and julia roberts was trying to humiliate her but instead she was so awful she was endearing yes. and everybody gave her <laughs> <sing. laughs> yes yes Honestly, no matter what, you know, someone thinks their musicality level is, you know, I recommend they walk into, you know, a music store and talk to different people there. And many music stores and schools will offer, you know, initial free lesson to get someone started to see if they're interested, to see if there's something they'd like to do. In fact, like for Make Music Day, which is not the ho holiday we created, but we help promote, comes up on the summer solstice in a couple of weeks. Huh. You know, there's many places that are offering free lessons on a number of instruments, whether it's in person or it's, uh, you know, remotely, you know, via, yeah. via Zoom. And, you know, just try something, you know, sit at the piano, have somebody show you a few things, just show you a few chords. Now you're trying to, you know, play Malaguena, which is the sheet music. And my goodness, Dave, that's difficult for a beginner, you know, even to even think about. But if you give them just some simple chords and show them how to play that and show them how they could maybe sing along to You've Got a Friend or whatever their favorite simple pop song is from their era. That's how my daughter got hooked when she was for years, David. I tried to get her to sit at the piano bench with me and to learn, to teach her. Like she just wasn't interested. But when she realized she could put her iPhone up on the piano pull up the chords to her favorite songs and start playing and singing along all of a sudden it was like daddy what's this chord daddy what's this chord and you know she was teaching herself i was giving her a couple pointers but she does it now just for the pure therapeutic wow. benefits of it the, the enjoyment she gets for it from it and that's where i think you know if the caregivers can just you know if they think even have an inkling that they might be interested in playing some instrument you know put all the doubts aside if they think there's a little inkling inside them that thinks that they might enjoy it, then try, try it. You know, well, how much interest versus talent is necessary? <laughs> uh, what if you have more interest than talent, or talent than interest? I, honestly, I talent isn't isn't a requirement, David. You know, anybody can sing. When you look at the, some of the American Idol auditions, you know, <laughs> you see that. Uh, but you know, and they really you don't think have they to, can sing, don't they? Yeah, some of them actually think they can sing. Yes, <laughs> and uh, but you don't have to have talent in singing or playing an instrument to enjoy it. 
You know, you're not trying to be a performer. You're not, you know, I'm going to go on stage and play. You know, they're not committed like you are to want to go on stage and sing or play for other people. This is just for their own personal enjoyment. And if they sit down and, you know, have some of them show them some piano things, have them show them maybe some ukulele things, maybe on the drums. It's funny, one of the gals who was does a radio show that was at that event that you, you know, and I went to, she learned in her later years to play the drums. And you'd look at this person and be like, no, really? You're going to learn to play the drums? I played the drums too, by the way, Ed, when I was 12. <laughs> oh, very cool. But she learned, you know, in retirement age, to, to play the drums and started taking lessons. And for her, it's very therapeutic. Oh. And, been fur and she actually took it a step further. She learned well enough that she wanted to play with a band, you know, like, cool. you know, and she's taking it that far. But you don't have to do that. You know, you can play drums with headphones and play along to, you know, whatever music enjoys you. Yeah. And I would encourage people, if you happen to be married to Simon Cowell, like I am, <laughs> the, the ultimate music critic, and if you're just a tiny bit off on your pitch, it hurts her ears. It's just, oh, I just keep going, you know, because you can't let the Simon Cowells discourage you, right? Because no. that's how you learn. And um, I can honestly say now, you know, I spoke at Carnegie Hall, and the first 10 seconds of my speech, I sang a song. So you see, really? I can say that I sung at Carnegie Hall. How many I people love that. Sing? Not many, David, not many. I mean, really, so it's just about take another to... break. And we'll be right back. So please don't go away. We are a community of caregivers that understands and supports you wherever you are in your journey. We are a place to connect with other caregivers, but more importantly, a place to get practical, actionable help. There are lots of ways for you to get support. First of all, you can download our welcome pack. This will get you started on your Thrive journey. Next, you can ask and get answers to your questions by posting them here in our private Facebook groups. You can also get live online support by attending one of our live Weekly Connect webinars. You can get practical, actionable advice by listening to our weekly podcast. You can hear and read other stories about other caregivers' experiences. Plus, add your own in our weekly Share Your Story forum, posted every Tuesday in the Facebook group. You can access essential resources and download practical Thrive Solutions Packs, all of which are geared to help you thrive as a caregiver. You can get lifetime access to all of our resources. Again, we're here to support you and help you thrive and to enjoy your life as a caregiver. And remember, this is a place to get hope, not just cope. And we are back to the Caregiver Dave Show. I'm Dave Nassani at caregiverdave.com, and my guest today, Vincent James. His wife, Joanne, who's not here today, but they're a team, and they help spread the magic of music. And uh, you must really love what you do, obviously. I'm extremely passionate about it, Dave. I mean, I've, and your I've wife is loved... equally passionate. Yes, yes, we're we're equally crazy together in a good way. You know, I've always had music deep inside me, passionate. You know, I could hear a melody just, you know, I could literally give myself goosebumps just, you know, imagining a melody in my head at times. But when I realized that I could use the power of music to help other people reap benefits, that's when I got really excited. You know. I was friends with a, um, a great songwriter and singer, Andre Crouch, and I spent uh, many a, a night over his house, and he would, these songs would just come to him all, all the time. I mean, he, um, I remember when I spent the night, he had the TV blaring loud, and I said, why is the TV, how am I supposed to sleep with the TV? He said, I gotta have the TV on because I hear all this music and I can't sleep, it drowns it out. And oh he wow! Reminds me of Mozart. You know, he's got cassette tapes, a mountain of them on the on the table, because if he doesn't record it, it it's gone. And um, he'll just sit down at the piano and just play something. I say, oh, that's nice. And and he'll say, yeah, I just wrote that. Uh, he didn't really write it. He he played it and he was recording it. So now it's a song. And he he's got yes. enough for three lifetimes. But you know, he's a little unorganized and and he's. He's in the grave now, so may he rest in peace. But uh, how unusual is that? You know, these Mozarts where you write this manuscript and it's finished. It doesn't need anything. You know, it, it's done. 
It's honestly extremely rare. Uh, you know, I wish I had that sort of gift. You know, I have had, you know, moments of time, you know, where I have an idea for a song and it literally comes out, you know, in like from above and through and, and out. You know, I was one time I was requested to write a song for a mother who had given up her child for adoption. And she wanted to write a song about, you know, if she ever would get to you know meet her child again. Uh, and as a parent, I was just like blown away by her, you know, situation. And I sat down on the piano and literally in, you know, one 30 minutes, you know, it just came through me and out and I did a recording and they actually, this was actually for a radio station contest that she won. I was thinking I was going to write a regular, you know, typical romantic love song was, you know, that was going to be the person that won the contest. And the person that won the contest had the story about the baby she gave up for adoption. And I was like, oh, my God. And in that moment, you know, you just take it in and it just comes out through your, you know, emotional expression through your instrument and the words yeah. come, you know, and but to do that on a regular basis, you know, that's very rare <laughs> to have that kind of gift to just stream of consciousness come out. Where does it come from? I mean, you many people say it's a <laughs> gift from God. Right. That, that uh, you know you're you're tuned in you know John Lennon Paul McCartney you know all of the great songwriters Elton John uh, you know the uh, the guy who recently died I, I'm so bad with names since I got older but um, how do you just pound out hit after hit after hit after hit uh, other than saying it it's a gift and comes from God. I mean, for, some people don't believe in God, so I don't know where right. they think it comes from if there is no God. <laughs> what's what's your opinion? <laughs> uh, I definitely think it comes from God. It comes comes it comes from you know the greater power from above, and you know we channel that. Uh, you know, and there may so also are these be songs already in existence, and we're just bringing them into this realm, into this reality, or did they never exist before and we truly created it? There's a theological question. Yeah, you know what, David? Uh, if, we, if we could figure that one out, you know, <laughs> uh, I, we'd write another book together on it. I don't really know. You know, I mean, there's some that but say that every song, every song is, you know, has, has already been written and we're just basically, you know, rewriting it, you know, tweaking it here and there. Uh, you know, there's only so many unique melodies so many unique chord progressions well that's what they uh, say but but there's so much music out there you know and yes. even classical music i mean there's so different genres of music and you wonder well when we <clears throat> when are we going to run out of music to play types of music uh, notes lyrics uh, it just it's not ending is it infinite I feel like it's infinite, but I also feel like we recycle, we recycle some of it over the years. You know, we tend to bring back different styles, you know, add a little bit of something current to it. Uh, you know, 50 years from now, what's going to be the popular music of the day? You know, I mean, hip hop has been, you know, very common and popular for, you know, 20 years or so, 25 years or so. Uh, what's going to be the popular music of, you know, 20, 25 years from now? It's anybody's guess. Is it my imagination or is music getting more weird, <laughs> less <laughs> traditional, you know? Definitely less less traditional. And I'll have to tell you, David, my, my favorite music is music that has a really good melody. Yeah. And if it's a hip-hop song, unless there's some really cool underlying musical groove going on, which some of them do have, then I'm not really getting it because it's just, you know, talking in rhythm. Uh, which is a, is an art form in itself, uh -huh. but to me it's not necessarily musical. Although there is a percussive aspect to it, uh, but to me, you know, traditional music needs to have some sort of a melody. Yeah. And, and I don't know. I hope traditional music with melody doesn't die out because to me, that's where the nugget, the real nuggets of emotion come in. Well, you know, in, in the fifties and the sixties, you know, the music industry had this formula. You know, that the music had to have three components, you know, it had to uh, start this way and then you had to have a bridge or, you know, some kind of melody and then go back. I mean, right. does that make any sense or is that just something because the Beatles just shattered that to pieces, right? The formula. Yes, yes. I mean, over time, you know, the you know, music <clears throat> industry will lock in on a formula because it's making them money. 
and they'll stick with it until somebody, you know, creative comes along and says, well, what about this? And then the <laughs> public starts to buy into that. And then it starts creating a new formula that they, yeah. the music industry, you know, imitates for so long until somebody comes along with a new formula. I mean, that's that what wasn't did. meant to be a formula at all. Well, no, no, it was just, it was somebody's creative expression. It was anti-formula. At that time. It was yeah. anti-formula. Uh, but if it becomes popular enough, it becomes the formula that people try to imitate, which is, you know, it's great. It's yeah. still music, but, you know, being the more creative we can be, the better. Thank you. Well, we're up on our hour, believe it or not, time flies when you're having fun. So how can people get a hold of you uh, for the many reasons that you're in existence for, which are, and I'll let you reiterate again, the things that you do, things that you can help people with, and the directions that you can send people to to better their lives with music. Well, the couple best ways would be for Keep Music Alive, the nonprofit, and for the two music holidays, Teach Music Week and Kids Music Day. The best way is to reach us at uh, keepmusicalive.org.org. And Teach Music Week is one of the holidays in March where there's many places offering free lessons to get started. And then for the book series, 88 Ways Music Can Change Your Life, uh, you can just type in 88 Ways Music into either Amazon or into Google, and it'll come up. And I also should mention that we're always looking for new stories. If, if some of your listeners have a, an emotional experience around music that they would like to share for another edition of 88 Ways Music Can Change Your Life in the Future, we would love to hear from them. And uh, 88waysmusic.com is a way they can connect with us and submit a story. How did they come up with the number 88? <laughs> uh, well, that is actually the number of keys on the piano. Oh, of course. <laughs> So it's 88 Ways, uh, the website again is 88 what? 88waysmusic.com. Okay. 88waysmusic.com. I will check it out. And you have re-inspired me, my friend, to uh, make a music list and to uh, come up with some new songs on my piano. Thank you so much for inspiring me. And if you inspired oh. me, I'm sure you inspired everybody else out there. I am so glad that we hooked up again after, what's it been, three years? It's been about three years, yes. <clears throat> I'm inspired again, too, to go back and learn Malaguena again. Yeah. And uh, this Thursday, actually, we're doing another uh, National Publicity Summit in New York, but we're doing it virtually again. Last year, we did it virtually. This time, we're the producers looking for guests for the show. So now the shoe's on the other foot. Yes, so are yes. are you planning on going back there for any reason? And, uh, uh, I don't think I'll be be there this month, but I'll probably be there again at some point. Okay. Were you pretty successful when you were there in getting uh, some pitches uh, accepted? Yes, yes, yes. And for the virtual, as you know, you actually get to speak to all the producers. Now, you don't have to, like, pick which ones that you're interested in. Uh, and I probably have made good connections with 30 to 40 uh, that were interested in having me do something. Yeah, we picked up about 45 guests on the last one, and it was just uh, last quarter. So, I mean, I'm right. already booked out to November in my show because I do one, one a week, and uh, now they want me on again. So I, I'm probably going to pick up another 40 or 45 or maybe even 50, so I'm going to have to start doing two shows a week. So I may have to start uh, reducing the, the uh the shows down to 30 minutes, which I guess is right. good because most people – you know, don't like to listen to an hour-long podcast, but they'll, they're more likely to listen to a 30-minute podcast. But, yes. you know, obviously we had a lot to talk about. It took their, uh, 60 minutes, but you can't have your cake and eat it too, I guess. But thank no, you. We can tr you're welcome, Dave, and thank you so very much for having me on. And, and God bless you for all that you're doing for the caregivers out there in the world. God bless you for doing all what you do for all of the music lovers in the world, including me. And again, a reminder, all Thanks. our shows are... Um, a recorded podcast and videocast on our membership website, caregiverdave.com. And uh, until next week, we'll see you again. And again, uh, my website for three free gifts, caregiverdave.com. Uh, it's an online membership website to help you survive, not just survive, but to thrive caregiving. Because, you know, we don't want to just be hanging in there. You know, we want to... Uh, we want to th we want to thrive. We we want to enjoy life. We want to enjoy the journey. 
So again, have a great night, have a great evening, have a great day, wherever in the world you're listening to this, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing again. Keep breathing, take it in and let it out. Keep breathing.